0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tellage Talks. We're out on the pitch today. We're talking soccer, or, of course, as the whole world knows it, as football. Premierly, talking about the English Premier League. or Over there, they just say the Premier League. The most watched sports league in the entire world, seen by more than 212 territories, more than 650 million homes, and potential audiences of close to 5 billion. And folks, these are figures from a couple of years ago. I'm certainly they I am certainly sure that they have been updated. There's 20 teams in the Premier League. They play 38 games from August through mid-May, and this past weekend, what a finish to the season. Man City, Manchester City, would earn the championship with 98 points. They had 100 points last season to win the championship, so they score 98 this year. They win the title by a mere point over Liverpool. Liverpool lost just one match the entire season, and that indeed was to Man City. So, Man City won, Liverpool 2, Chelsea 3, and Tottenham came in 4th in terms of the points. And the reason for this podcast, Talking Soccer, Talking Football, is to give you a taste of what it's like to be a fan of the sport, and to watch some of these games from across the pond each and every week. A lot of of times in some of the social areas here in Northeast Ohio, fans will gather, they'll be there for their particular teams, watch those matches on early Saturday mornings because of the time difference, and then follow their fans across the pond. And that's the situation that we found ourselves in just a couple of weeks ago. I paid a visit to the Old Angle, that's in Ohio City, it's a hotbed for soccer, and we were there for one of the early Saturday morning matches just a couple of weeks before the end of the season it was Tottenham taking on West Ham now Tottenham was in a uh, third place I believe points wise at the time they finished fourth and West Ham was right in the middle of the pack 20 teams in the league and they were about 10th when they met and as it would happen On this particular Saturday, West Ham would pick up the victory over Tottenham. So we chatted with some fans, one fan from Tottenham, one fan from West Ham, and for a little bit of uh, exposure to other teams as well, we chatted with a fan from Chelsea as well. So first of all, let's say hello to Cody Vidmar. He was cheering on West Ham and talking to me about the impact that soccer, that football has on him. We are here at the Old Angle, Cleveland, Ohio, where soccer is really big. And Cody Vidmar, you've been a part of this for how long? Probably about 8 years. And why do you do it? I just enjoy soccer.
1: I grew up playing a little bit. I have always had an appreciation for the sport and it's just a great game. It's fun. It's always something's happening. It go it's year-round. Mm-hmm. So it's just there's always something to watch. And again, 8 years of having NBC play the matches on TV, it makes it so much easier to follow.
0: Do you see more and more people come in here and kind of get attached to the sport, but really had no connection to it in the beginning? Year over year, there's a big difference. It's,
1: I mean, it's Cleveland, Ohio. It's, you'll see four new people every year,
0: but even still four new people in Cleveland, something to be said for that. Mm -hmm. And you follow one team in particular, And it's not necessarily you you didn't pick the Yankees, you didn't pick you didn't pick the Boston Celtics from old with with the greats. You picked West Ham. Why is that? Give us a deal. So eight
1: years ago, I started following pretty regularly, and they had just come back into the Premier League, and they would always be on TV because they would be playing these top six sides, the six best teams in in England, and they would always get points, and they would be on TV because they weren't expected to get points. You would play them against Manchester United, against Liverpool, against Chelsea. These are all
0: the good teams. These exactly. Perennial kick-and-butt teams. And when these when these
1: games were on TV eight years ago, what you wanted in America were goals. So you would play this top-six side against West Ham, who's new to the league because you're expecting that big club to score three goals, four goals, and make it entertaining. And West Ham stuck with them. They... They won a couple games, they drew a whole lot, they didn't lose much, and it was just fun to watch. And they're that underdog story. So it's, it's Cleveland, it's, it's part of my
0: blood. So what do you think the attraction is for a lot of people that come in and watch here or at other facilities or places in, in Cleveland, just the Premier League in itself? Is it, is it because there's such great rivalries between these communities or towns or cities that are so close to each other and, and you feel that all the way across the, the ocean?
1: Or why? what? What's the, what's the deal? I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, it's what's ridiculous about the English Premier League is you have these clubs. I mean, you have five, six, seven clubs in London that are all 20 minutes away. I mean, it would, it would be like you have your high school football in America, yeah. and that's always the, the the main thing. So you have, I mean, I grew up in Aurora, so you have Twinsburg, you have Char, uh, Sugar yeah. and Falls, and you so have those Island. big yeah. rivalries there. Now imagine you have a stadium for your high school football game that's 60,000 people. It's that intense. It's you're literally 30 minutes away from another stadium that has 60,000 fans screaming just as hard as you are on a Friday night, but it's Saturday mornings.
0: And so, how do you feel that across the po- across the pond, and, and that that sense of belonging to a of team like West Ham? That you have you been over there? I have not.
1: That's that's the the next goal is <laughs>
0: is a trip to London um
1: like i said earlier just when i when i started following and i became a west ham fan it was it was more about that underdog story that i can i can get behind and i mean if you talk to a lot of these guys this is a tottenham bar and a lot of these guys again when they when they became fans it was kind of the same thing they were just on the outside of that top six so they weren't really a fancy choice it wasn't chelsea it wasn't manchester united but there's a lot of history at Tottenham, and these guys found found their niche. And I mean, there's
0: anywhere from 10 to 40 people in here on every average Saturday. And we should tell our people that are listening: uh, this may not be uh, dropping like as we're doing the interview, but for, suffice to say, Tottenham's like top three or four right now in the standings. Yeah, they're third in the league. And, and, and then third, and then uh, West Ham's in the middle, pretty much. Exactly. Which is where you expected them.
1: <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but yeah, no, it's it's they're they're very, it's like the Browns, it's like the Indians. You can go on a run of winning three in a row and being feet off the ground, just ecstatic, and then you can be the Indians playing the Royals and getting swept in Kansas City, and just every day is a new day as a West Ham fan, so. Did you play soccer? A little bit, yeah. Just growing up, I mean, grade school, a little bit into high school. So I've always had the appreciation, we'll say, for it. But once NBC really started playing the games regularly on Saturday mornings that you got more than just one match, it's, it, made, it made it so much easier to follow.
0: It's something I can see you uh, continuing on and one day making that trip across Oh, absolutely! Uh, the ocean just to, to, uh, go go over there to, to actually see, experience this firsthand. Oh, for sure! Now that's I was just on a
1: trip a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm already have that that itch to, to start traveling again. So I've been looking at flights.
0: So how has it been being in an establishment that that has the the heavy sense of Tottenham fans or fans from other teams that that don't respect your club but yet you're Mr. you're a Cleveland sports fan
1: true and true. So that's what's interesting about the Old Angle is yes they they consider it a Tottenham Hotspur bar but everybody comes up here. You have you have Liverpool fans, Chelsea fans, United fans. I mean, you have Southampton who is a very small club you have Newcastle fans that come in here which is Newcastle's a giant club but they have not been good for very long or for a very long time I should say and everybody is welcome here and I mean you'll get some stick if you wear colors that aren't Tottenham but you give it right back and everybody's
0: cool. Next up Kevin Kalis a fan of Tottenham And I want to tip my cap to Kevin because he was a great sport. He actually did the interview right after a disappointing loss to Cody Vidmar's team, the West Ham Soccer Club. So Kevin Kalis up next talking about Tottenham and followed by Henry Curtis, a fan of Chelsea. All done at the old angle in Ohio City.
2: Kevin, how did you get into this? Well, about 15 years ago, Sirius Radio turned me on, and at that point, Fox Sports started to show quite a bit of soccer here in the U.S., and I didn't want to pick one of the real big, big clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, without doing a lot of research, I kind of just jumped into the you know, shallow end first and picked Tottenham. Um, at that point in time, they had just signed a player that was supposed to be the next great English player, and I felt like that was the team I should get behind. Folks don't hop from club to club, right? No, you shouldn't. I mean, if so, you're very transient. Usually, the joke is the club finds you. You know, like if you didn't have a team walking in, you kind of take your time, immerse yourself in the situation, and let that kind of find its way to you.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean,
2: you can blindly pick one. I mean, we give a lot of people shit that pick one of the big, you know, big clubs that are winning. I mean, it's easy to, like, root for the house in Vegas. But, I mean, it's a lot more fun to have, you know, to have to struggle for it and fight for it. And, you know, it's with no salary cap, you can spend as much money as you want in this competition. So it really makes an unlevel playing field for, like, some of the smaller teams. So it changes it.
0: You didn't come at this from a football background, a, a worldview football background, right? I did not, no. I mean, I was
2: more into, you know, obviously American sports. I was a big fan of basketball. I mean, I you know, seeing you know, seeing Jordan as prime and all yeah, that. They, yeah. So, no, I didn't at all. I didn't play. It's just a sport that caught my eye, and it... Again, something I wasn't good at, and respected the hell out of what these guys could do.
0: How much stuff goes on between, you know, fans of one club and the other? This was kind of good-natured here today. It was your team, Tottenham, who was upset, we would say, yes. uh, by West Ham. Uh, in the new stadium. But how much goes on? Is, is, is It doesn't
2: get really vicious. No, at not at all. I mean, there's there's some banter and things like that. And, and again, it can get heated, but we're all adults here. You know, we, we've all picked these teams randomly. None of us, except for the expats, are from there. So there's no reason to, again, we all shake hands and go home. And I have friends that support every club. So and it's not just that I roll with my Tottenham crew. You know, I've made lifelong friends that are, you know, my arch rivals on a Saturday morning, but as soon as the whistle blows, you know, we're having a pint and having a laugh. And, I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, the banter. What appeals to you about the sport then? Uh Oh everything morning drinking the camaraderie
3: (laughs) (laughs) i should have a sport No,
2: i mean well that goes hand in hand um i mean honestly it's just i love i love the game and i love the friends i've made and i i'm we're blessed to have a bar that welcomes us and lets us have you know basic it's like my second living room basically here it's fantastic
0: do you get highly technical in how you view the game or you just enjoy team versus team stuff
2: i'll say this i mean the technical stuff i i understand, but since I didn't play it, it's more off the eye test. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like watching it this long, I understand the game, but still, it's a lot different when you're applying it on the pitch if you played it, you know. I I have the eye for it. There's other people that know way more than I do about formation and, you know, what's going on tactically during the match, but I think any novice can sit here
0: and see, you know, where it's going right, where it's going wrong. Does it bother you or concern you that, you know, USA youth soccer can't catch up to the rest of the world just yet? I think it starts with the NCA okay.
2: first. I mean, you, most of the guys in Europe are going pro at 16, not getting ready, prepping to go to college. MLS has the same issue where it's not a developmental league. It's bringing in a lot
0: of international players now because trying to expand the sport. So you're not getting... And you also get some international players that might be on the tail end of their careers as well. Exactly right. That
2: are taking the spot of a a youth player that needs the minutes here in the U.S. because they're not good enough to go to Europe or aren't willing because... As you know, a lot of Americans aren't willing to take that that leap and go over there. Landon Donovan had a big issue the first time he went abroad. You know, he, you get homesick, you don't know the language and things like that. So it's kind of stunts your growth. I think with the Christian politics and things like that yeah. that is going on now, that might open the doors a little bit more for people to, to make that leap and go abroad. And that's what's going to help grow U.S. men's national team. It's just not qualifying for that World Cup was devastating. It really was. It set them back a, a long way just for the exposure of the sport. You know, because just like the Olympics, people don't give a shit, but every four years. And when the they U.S. Do. is in it, people are. I mean, look at the women's team. Look how much support they get. You know, and people don't give a shit about that. It's just if it's the U.S. and they're they're rocking that, you know, the yeah. flag, it, it's very important to people. And I think missing that window was major because you had a real big opportunity with the NFL and this position it's in with all the, you know, PTSD and all this other shit going on that and the head injuries that, good opportunity to get some youth involved that want to stick with it and and we've got just a talent pool of that the amount of people in this country we should be kicking ass you know really
0: it's really a shame when you see their performance against a real tiny country yes. that has such a small population and they can match them or even beat them exactly i mean look
2: at mexico i mean again it's just, it's just different you know other countries are born with a ball at their feet you know it, we're, we're we're a passing throwing country you know what i mean like it's just it's different you know just it's where the focus is and again, and the money is just different you need to go abroad to make cash in, in, in this sport and the mls doesn't pay it you know it just it's getting to that point but it's still eons behind yeah. you know the big you know big leagues around
0: the world do you follow the the great players in the world you know as, as just a marvel at their skills or is it more just the game of
2: soccer that appeals to you Everything. I mean, again, I'll, I'll watch anything. I really will. I mean, I, I appreciate, I mean, the Ronaldo's, you know, the Messi's yeah. and things like that. But, again, if it's, if nothing else is on, I'm just going to watch it anyway. I mean, that's my first choice. I, I rarely flick the TV on unless it's to watch, you know, some kind of football. I mean, that or, I mean, that, that's basically about it. I mean, I I don't know. It's, I rep, I appreciate, you know, the big clubs. But I also appreciate just, like, the local derbies. There's some good stuff that goes on in yeah. Argentina and Brazil that, you know, doesn't get the exposure. Okay. Even like the, the you know the smaller ink, like the leagues below the Premier League and uh,
0: there's some really good competition and really good players. This seems like a real cool thing that a lot of people should know about. But why do you think? it's still kind of in its infancy in terms of getting the word out and stuff. Well, I, again, I think a lot
2: has to do with how big the NFL is that I mean people you're born into that. You know, people this don't is, it, get, people don't get past the NFL. Well, that and I think too it's like you had asked earlier you're like how do you pick these teams? It's a random pick and then to really get invested into something to where if you've not been to London or been, you know, like yeah. like where does the passion come from? You know, it's like you're born an Indians fan, you're born a Cavs fan. It's just it's just different. Yeah, you know? You're born into Absolutely. It's like, it's not your choice. You know, it's just, it's the religion that you're given and you you take it and you run with it. So
0: yeah, good stuff. The team is Chelsea. Why is the team Chelsea?
3: I like Chelsea because I got into them during their champions league run in 2012. Uh, What was the attraction? The way they played, the excitement around the players, Didier Drogba. And once I started to understand the Team and their history, and the excitement around them, and how they had not been a strong team in their history but had come up in the last uh, decade or so. I kind of latched onto them and, and enjoyed uh, following them.
0: And you come from the football side of things, the American football. You're a Benedictine guy, so how did you migrate over to soccer?
3: I migrated over because of my youngest son. He started uh, playing. I had coached football, I coached grown men, but I was never more scared than when I had to go before four and five year olds and teach them (laughs) soccer. So I said, well, if I'm gonna try to coach the game, I need to learn it. So I started playing in rec leagues, started hanging out with soccer guys, watching a lot of games, and now it's become one of my favorite sports.
0: And so the attraction to the sport of soccer comes from just hanging out with guys, and enjoying watching Premier League or Champions League and that stuff.
3: Exactly, and the excitement. It's a global sport, so you can connect with a lot of people. Uh, you can learn. I've even learned some things culturally, you know, from soccer. So it's been not just a athletic experience, but also a, soci- a sociological experience for me, and I've broadened my horizons. I've had a lot of fun enjoying the sport and met a lot of new friends over uh, my soccer days
0: and how has it been being a fan of one team when you know you're in an establishment like there's a lot of fans that are tottenham fans here in this particular place the old angle uh, so they're obviously good natured ribbing a little cussing going on that stuff
3: it's a lot of fun. The, the, the irony about it is is that most of us, we follow our teams, and we've never set foot in England, so that's the funny thing. Uh, but, I was uh, asking
0: Cody the same thing. He w- wants to do that one. Right, we
3: want to go over there. We want to do it, but it's a lot of fun, um, and it brings us together. It's really one unified soccer community. With our own little uh, corners of uh, of the area that we that we support,
0: is the beauty of uh, soccer over there, is the fact that there's the proximity to the teams and that they can really kind of get into each other's
3: yes. under each other's skin. You know, skin I, I close think by. I think that here in Cleveland, for instance, because we're a city of neighborhoods, that if. if that, hey! Oh my. <laughs> No goal. A city of neighborhoods that, uh, especially with the east-west divide, that you have uh, North London and West London and all these uh, areas of the city that they really have intense rivalries based on the the proximity of geography from team to team. Well, go Chelsea. Go Chelsea.
0: Now comes the fun part, the movement by some of the players from team to team. That certainly is an intriguing aspect of the soccer world that fans over here in North America keep track of when it pertains to what's going on in the English Premier League, and that'll be fun to keep an eye on. I want to thank the folks at the Old Angle for allowing me to stop in and chat with some of the fans, and thank very much my daughter Courtney, Courtney Telich, who's a big soccer aficionado unto her own, she stayed away from being on the podcast she's shy in that way you all know that but i appreciate her helping me set up some of these interviews and thanks to the individuals who stopped by and chatted about their love for the game of football i hope you enjoyed this edition please if you have the opportunity uh, go on and subscribe to us on all the different platforms We continue to put out podcasts one by one each week, hoping to ramp up the opportunity to have multiple episodes each week as we move further and further down the road, the podcast road here on Telich Talks. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you the next time on Telich Talks.